Welcome to Detox with D-Rich, where we talk and learn from inspirational members of our community and beyond. Now, from the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas, a man that is more perspiration than inspiration, your host, Derek Richards. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Derek Richards. I am doing a podcast today, and uh, I am uh, just excited to have uh, Johnny Taylor. He is in the studio today. Hey, Johnny. Hey, how's it going? Man, look, we're just going to sit back for a while. That'll work. And I'm going to hear your story. I'm excited to get to know about the, the infamous, <laughs> infamous Johnny Taylor uh all i you know look i'll I'll be honest we don't we haven't you know we haven't been formally you know friends for a while but i have been no i've known about you and the work that you've done for a while now but first of all i've been more impressed about the the style of johnny taylor can can we just start there like i am every time i see you it is sunday's best you are looking sharp to the nines What's what's that all about, Johnny? You know, there's a story behind that. I'm I'm from Gainesville, Florida, originally. Oh, okay. And I have seven siblings, and I'm the baby of seven. So go Gators. Yeah, is, is that right? Go yes. Gators. Go Gators and go K State. Okay. Those are my teams. <laughs> <laughs> and KW, Kansas Western University, where I graduated from. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, Coyote. Um, but being the baby of seven. I got all the hand-me-down clothes. Like my uh, father died when I was twelve years old. We're jumping in. We jump. Th- okay, straight look, in. let's just go in. <laughs> I, I knew that. I knew that. You know, you had the juice to to make this whole podcast work today. So <laughs> I, let's just talk about Johnny Taylor. Yes, you know, being the baby um, of seven, my uh, mom was a stay-at-home mom, and we grew up in a, I would say, a, a middle-class area. My dad was uh, a chef uh, who took care of the family. All right, uh, but had a, a stroke and, and a massive heart attack and, and died when I was twelve. How old was he? Uh, he was 60, 72. 72. I was a I was a late boomer. I was like I wasn't hold supposed on. to come. <laughs> you were the oops. I was the oops. You were the oh man. I was truly the oops. <laughs> this, this, I, my mom told me there was seven doctors that. Uh, tried to talk to her about not having me. Um, my brother before me is two years older. He was uh, mentally impaired. Oh, no. And so um, after having him, they uh, and I showed up. <laughs> yeah. Before that happened, they didn't want her to have another kid. Yeah. And so she said she went against all of that, and, and she had me. And my brother, uh, the one that's mentally impaired, didn't walk, didn't crawl, until I came along, and he tagged along on my diaper and learned how to walk. And they said he wasn't going to live to be 15, and he is now 54. Uh, Praise God. God is a mighty man. Dude, that is <laughs> he great, is so man. so mighty. So, you know. How much older is, is your brother? Two years old. Okay, so back up. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So you're, uh, how big is your family? S- it's seven of us. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, so you're the baby. I'm the baby. I'm a big baby. I'm the biggest one in the family. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I found grocery along the way. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, um, so what's what's it like growing up in Gainesville? 
it was it was it was tough, you know, because everything changed. Like uh, my mom had to become a working mom, and it was a struggle. You know, I, I I'm not afraid to tell people. Um, it it became very stressful for her, very depressing, and she tried to commit suicide. Oh my gosh! At, at one point in time, um, but she is also my hero because I'll never forget the day she told us that um, she'll never do that again, and that we'll find a way. You know, we we moved to a low income housing uh, in a tough neighborhood. Yeah. And she said, everybody will pitch in. I can't get all of you through college, but we'll do what we can to get you through that first year. Um, And so three of us end up graduating from college. So, oh, my gosh. uh, My my siblings are hard workers. Uh, I lost a brother two years ago. But man. we know how to persevere through hard times. I was one of those kids that knew what I was getting for Christmas at the age of 13 because I was working for it, you know, cutting yards, washing windows, doing whatever I had to do. Uh, so when was your – so you became an entrepreneur. You became a working man. Yes. <laughs> early. 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 Did someone teach you that, or did you just know you wanted to hustle? I know that I had to hustle. Okay. My mom couldn't do it by herself, uh-huh. you know, and trying to uh, – wouldn't put her son in a home that they thought she should do because of the stress level. She kept uh, my brother, who's mentally impaired, she kept him uh, every step of the way. Yeah. And so um, we just, we grind. We, we, we did what we had to do. Um, growing up poor, I think that's just a phrase, right? We just say growing up poor. And that, yeah. that's supposed to mean that's 20 years of your younger life. But give me, what is what does that really mean? Because, Johnny, I grew up middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Manhattan, Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, the only struggle I had was what movie am I going to watch today right. on, on my Betamax player? And uh, um, yeah, I'm I I I I can't even say. Oh yeah, I understand what you're talking. I right. can't I can't think that. Right. Way. But give me give me a little bit of an insight in that. You know, there's there's a lot of insight in, in growing up poor because um, you can become rich in, in being poor. And, and what now I, is that just a saying, or how do you? No, that's that's, that's what, me. Is, what is the facts about this, that? This is me. Okay, this is, this is this is my view on being poor. Um, how to do more with less? You know, uh-huh. uh, being on welfare. You know, uh, receiving government cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you stretch that with with seven kids? How do you make that work? Were you, you know? able to find appreciation with what you did have, or were you able to, or did you develop a a bitterness that you didn't have. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm sure you could go both ways, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it was both ways in a lot of areas, but I, I learned to appreciate what we did have. And what we did have, there was times where we didn't have lights, where we, we couldn't pay the light bill and we was in the dark. And every one of the tailors, my, my siblings, are comedians because <laughs> we learned how to laugh in the dark. We, we played games. Oh, man. We, we found ways to in, enjoy and tell stories and, and be with each other and, and help each other through tough times. Yeah. Um, so um, you have older sisters? I have two older sisters. It's okay. Five boys, five boys and two girls. And so... Uh, who was in charge? Who ran, who ran the siblings? Uh... I would say my second to the oldest brother. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And he left the house uh, early. He went on to college, graduated from the University of Florida. Okay. Um, he's a, a principal. He's now a dean in, in Gainesville, Florida. Um, doing Are you an well. anomaly? Are you an anomaly? I mean, how, how, what is the makeup of this, of this household that you're in that, 
that sees success out of nothing. Well, or or or, or made success out of nothing. I, I would say my mother. Wow. My mom wouldn't let us uh, buy into certain things. She wouldn't let us buy into racism. She wouldn't let us buy into that that saying you you hear sometime in an African American community. Um, the white man is holding. Oh, Johnny Taylor's black, by the way. Yes. I don't know. If, uh, I don't I'm know. Black. <laughs> if you, if you, and I'm, some, I'm from the south, so. <laughs> just to clarify, let me just let you know, he have a 245 pound, six foot three black man <laughs> on the microphone. Yeah, man. <laughs> so you know, she just wouldn't let us buy into racism. She wow. wouldn't let us buy into saying it's the white man that's keeping us down. You keep yourself down. You, you have to fight and you have to work and you have to scratch and crawl for everything you want in life. And, and no one's going to give you nothing. And I, I wouldn't say I'm an anomaly, but I would say I'm a, I'm a God, God blessings and, and, and mercy, grace and mercy got us through a lot of those things. I, I wasn't meant to go to college, but you see young men and women uh, from inner cities that get that opportunity to go to college. There's a window. That's a small window. And a lot of us can't get through that window. Right. But I would say that was the defining moment for me to change my life. I, I had the work ethic. I had the determination. I knew what I wanted. Um, but I was able to get out through that window, that window of opportunity. And, yeah. and, and a lot of people don't make it out. Um, and, it's, and it's tough. You know, uh, I remember going back home my freshman year of college and a guy asked me one time, he said, Lil JT. Because my, my brother was JT, uh-huh. big JT. But sure, I was JT. little. I was little Bill, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, uh, man, I'm glad to see you make it out of here. What, what, what did it take? And I told him an opportunity and a bus ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you have to be willing to jump. Sometimes you have to be willing to take that chance and get outside of your environment to try to grow. Um, the other thing that I had the opportunity to do. So my mom also my mom started working and she was a maid for the mayor of Gainesville. Oh wow. And so what what a what a blessing she, What an insight. Yes. To like yes. a different life. To a different life. Yeah, a different world. Yes. And so cutting yards, we was able to go into the rich neighborhoods and we was able to see the nice homes and 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 see what other people was living like. Yeah. And and so I I took those experiences with me and I, I wanted that that kind of life. And uh-huh. I knew that the only way I can get it was uh, an education and an opportunity. And, and I fought for that. And I'm still fighting for that because I became a student in life. But not to overlook the, the whole dress part. When you get hand-me-downs all your life. Ooh, yes. That's why I, I was like, <laughs> yeah, we had a we had an initial yeah. question. When we get hand-me-downs your whole life, you know, it's, it's strange in my with my siblings. Each one of us have certain things. I have a sister. Um, when my father passed away and my mom was trying to uh, do it by herself and she was working and, and, and trying to make ends meet, I have a sister that if you go to her house, she has so much grocery. <laughs> Like that's her thing. Like she, if there's probably a, comfort, right? Yes, yeah. Like, yes. like I need to make sure I have enough. Cause I'm afraid that if something happened, I won't have food. Right. And we went through that time. And I, and I have a brother, you know, uh, this guy is so tight. You can't squeeze a penny out of his pocket. Like, 
<laughs> he is so tight. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love him to death, and he's a preacher, and and, and uh, he work at the hospital in, in Gainesville. But he is tight with that money. Yeah. And and my thing was dress. I have so many clothes. My my wife is like, look, you got to get rid of some of these clothes. I, said, I just did. Like, you gonna get rid of some more? <laughs> and so it, th- those things that you you look back at your life and you realize that I was I was just tired of wearing my sister jeans to school. Sure. <laughs> So, yeah, man, that's, I just, I I think that's interesting because I think, you know, you never know what, what the story is behind someone who, you know, takes the time every day to look sharp. And, um, I I mean, for you, like it it really is, it's striking. Like, I mean, you, um, you can see Johnny coming from a mile away. Not only you're a tall guy, but, uh, you know, you're, you're dressed professionally, which I've always thought it helps with with your your at least confidence or whatever right. to know like hey hey I'm 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 wearing this stuff because I'm not playing around right I'm not going to work today right. to just relax right. I I'm going to work to to make a difference always dress for where I'm going not where I'm at yeah always dress for where I'm going what hey real quick just put the microphone just a little bit you can okay. pull that thing maybe a little bit closer to you there is, that, you go. is that better yeah oh yes very nice um the uh, l- let's first talk about okay. What are you doing right now, Johnny? What what, what do you do? I who am, are who are you? <laughs> I am the director of the Flint Hills Job Corps, and I've been there for twenty five years. Um, I used to uh, work at the elementary school. Amanda Arnold okay. uh, was an opportunity. And coached basketball for a little while with Ray Kiava. If anybody know Ray Kiava, God bless, rest bless, his soul. bless that man. Yes, yeah, yes. Be- best. Uh, was it uh, algebra or math? He was a math teacher. Math, at the, yeah, yes. So yeah. we coached basketball together. Oh, at that's Manhattan awesome. High. Yeah. No, Ray. Uh, I mean, side note, but Ray has a legacy. Yes. He, he left. He left a lot of stories, and yes. he affected a lot of people's Absolutely. lives. Absolutely. Yep. I also know. was a, a coyote graduated from Kansas Wesleyan. Okay. So yes, it, Ray and I clicked instantly. That's awesome. Um, so, but I I went out to the job corps, and and I was going to volunteer. And they hired me part-time recreation advisor. Okay. And then that quickly turned into full-time. And then I was promoted to supervisor <laughs> recreation. <laughs> and then I was promoted to residential just, here's keys. manager. Here's the keys. Right? You just go, can you just run this thing? <laughs> so I went to residential manager. And, and what an experience because I was working with young men and women that was me. The young people that was was fighting to find their identity, was fighting to overcome poverty, was just looking for a way to become better. Yeah. And and I fell in love. It wasn't a job for me. I can say in 25 years, I've never showed up on that center and felt like I didn't want to be there. I never experienced that. And I know people go through job burnout. I know they go through, I don't want to be here today. Sure. But I thank God that I've never been one of those people, that I've always loved what I've done. And it's never been a job. And so I, I've been blessed to be promoted um, in many positions along the way. And and it's very rare for a person to start on a center, a Job Corps campus, and stay there for 25 years. Once you hit management, um, you they like to send you different places. And once you become a director, for sure, they want to send you to different places. And I turned down a lot of opportunities because I didn't want to raise my kids. Thank you. Um, Thanks for staying. Yes, thank you for having me. It's yeah. been a blessing, and I've, I've met a lot of great people here in Manhattan and across the state of Kansas. So, yeah. Um, well, I, I first, you know, 
I heard about Job Corps, and I'll tell you the the bad thing I heard about it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the the reason why I want you on the show is I worked at the um, the Bowling Alley in college, and I remember the Job Corps kids came in, and I was like, those kids are trouble, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. this this is I'm just being real. Yeah, like I was absolutely. just like these kids are just. You know, they're fooling around in the bushes outside. You know, they're you know they're coming here on a bus for a reason. I didn't understand. I thought it was juvie. Right. Like, honestly, I didn't know. Right. Um, and uh, I feel it sucks that this this place, this amazing place that's changing lives, mm-hmm. isn't more of a, a pillar <clears throat> in, in our area because it is the work that we talk about constantly in yes. government and in you know our our circles of how how do we how are we going to really make a change in this world? Yes. Oh my, it's right there, Absolutely. and we don't know about we it. We know. really don't know about it, yes. and that's and that's what's really sad is like I I grew up here, I've heard of Job Corps, but like it is it it's not tangible right. to to the people in Manhattan. Right. Um, and I, I went on campus, and uh, just recently, Aaron um, gave me Aaron Estbrook gave me a tour of the campus, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Oh, this is what we should be doing." Yes, this is it. Yes, you know, from a religious standpoint, this is God's work right here. This is this is the part of transformation. This is a part of love and grace that people need to hopefully change lives for the better. You spot on, brother, and that I love it. Is. So I'm just I'm just telling you, thank you. Yes, and let's get this. Let's keep going. Definitely. Definitely. There is nothing like, and you're right, we, we, we have young people that come from some uh, challenging environments. Um, but one thing I've learned with working with the students at Job Corps, if you take a good seed and you, you, you could put it in uh, really good soil, and that means the people yeah. that you surround around the young people that we serve, you can see some amazing things. Mm-hmm. You, because no one want to be poor no one want to come from troubled areas uh but that window that's what i love about job corps we able to open that window wide and show them into a different life yeah so so i guess from a simplistic uh reductive what does job corps do for these kids so uh it's we're a program that train young people and teach them a a trade give them a skill that will last a lifetime Mm -hmm. um and we have nine different opportunities, nine different trades, carpentry, cement, masonry, plumbing, building, maintenance. Um, we have a CNA program. We have a dental program. We work with Manhattan Technical College for welding. Um, we also have a CDL program so they can get a CDL and get uh, become a truck driver. So we have all these different opportunities for the students, but that's not the core of what we do. What we do is we get to mold their life. We get to give them those independent living life skills, um, what I call teaching them power skills, how to become a better person, how to give back to their community, how to uh, dress in the morning, how to uh, prepare for the day. They have to clean their rooms in the morning. They have to they get graded on their rooms. They have to be in class on time. You know, we have a system in place to help individuals grow as people. Do you hear your mom's voice when you yeah, teach these kids? I do. I do. I mean, do you just do. just be like, "Man, I'm <laughs> right. I'm mom. I'm mom. This is it. This is it." <laughs> these are these are lessons that I'm telling you, right? Not to make me feel good, but I'm telling you cuz you got to hear this. You got to hear it. Yeah. Whether you want to hear it or not, you have to. Is, so you've been doing so. We're just going to jump around here because I'm mm-hmm. interested about your your, your journey. Uh, you have been 
a part of educating these kids' lives for 25 years. Um, I'm interested. Do you see a shift in... Oh, you know, as we get older, we say, you know, these kids nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. do, do you see a shift in the hurdles that you have to deal with these kids? I mean, we're, yes. are they are they more wanting your direction now or are they less wanting your direction now than ever? What do you, what do you think? Or what is that difference? You have to change when you're working with young people, because when I started in 1995, um, it's a different type of kid, you know where we used to have a kid that really had attitude problems and you I can address those hard attitude problems those hardcore kids yeah I I love to flip them to get them to see what life could be for them if they just change now we have young people that um you have to really lay it out because they have we even for kids that struggle you know, they have so many more opportunities. McDonald's is cheap enough that they can survive with $20. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. You know, so they have more access to things. So and social media have just took that to a whole nother level. So to try to bring them down to the basics, to get them to be patient, to understand that life just don't happen overnight, that it's a process that you have to you have to have a, a grind mentality that. These are the steps that I need to take to get what I want in life. It's a challenge to reach that young person with those things now because they want what they want when they want it and they want it right now. And so you have to change up your mentality so you can embrace what they they views are and what they want. And, And then you have to instill them into them the courage to be patient. And if you get it the right way, it's going to last longer. If you go and you rush into it, it's it's not going to have any strength with it. You know, it's not going to hold tight when you get it so quick because you didn't learn any lessons through the process. Did something happen? Did something, uh, you talked about social media, but did mm-hmm. something happen where, like you said, options, these kids have endless options now because they're on their screens and they can see endless options. Yes. Did something happen where this this idea of working hard just became not a part of our growing up DNA of, you know, yeah, I knew, I mean, I, for me, I knew I had to work hard when I, when I got older, but right. that wasn't an issue for yeah. me to like accept that reality. Right. Absolutely. I'll tell you what happened in my opinion. Um, we as parents, uh, felt guilty and, and, and we want to give our kids more than what we had. We wanted to make sure they had everything. And then we looked back and we was like, I can't believe (laughs) I gave them too much too quick. Yeah. You know, and then they expected it, you know, and so we, we did it in the goodness of our heart. We wanted to take care of our kids, but we forgot we needed to show them what it's like to have to work for things too, man, you know? And that's interesting about that parent, uh, that parent mentality, because I think, and I do it too. I mean, I have kids and I, I do, I do it too in the sense of like, if my kid is at ease, comfortable, and docile, then he's not bothering me. Right. He's not a he's not an issue on my life. Right. But what's the but the reality is is my job as a parent mm-hmm. is to keep working. Is to keep working. <laughs> keep working on these kids. Yes. And keep motivating them and keep trying to teach them. Yes. Even after my hard day of work. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I, I see that a lot. I see the the screens and restaurants, the screens that just to shut children up 
and you know yes. they don't know any better. You right. know, if, if they could have a Snickers and a and an iPad, of course they're going to pick those, have those options. Absolutely, you know, and I, I'll tell you the dynamics in my own, uh, with my own kids. Uh, my wife uh, come from an upper middle class family. Okay. Um, uh, she uh, is a hard worker and, and retired now from DCF after working thirty years for DCF in, in the child abuse uh, area. Um, raising our kids, you know, I came from a discipline. You know, you're yeah. not going to back talk to Dolores Taylor. You, <laughs> you might lose three teeth. <laughs> that was not going to happen. I'll never forget uh, back talking. And I was sitting in the car. My mom and uh, sister was in the front. And my sister told my mom, you would never let us say something like that to you. And she said, you're right. And before I knew it, I was hit so hard. <laughs> You know, <laughs> life lessons see. coming yes, right at you, right, right. <laughs> you know, but my wife and I, we had a timeout chair. My wife had a timeout chair for the kids. They said uh-huh. timeout on uh-huh. it. Sure. Yeah. And so they sat in that chair facing the wall. But with me, I was like, look, if I have to tell you one more time, it's going to be a different kind of conversation. Exactly. And so I didn't have to put my hands on my kids, but they know my voice. They knew when it was daddy meant business. And so, but you find that balance and that dynamic when you're trying to raise these kids. But I'm, I'm just as guilty because I grew up in poverty and, and grew up uh, trying to work for everything. I wanted my kids to have everything, you know. And so, but they will tell you, Go to mom before you go to dad, because dad got to tell you, you better go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you better go get a job. But dad, I'm bored. What do I you do? Better, you better get a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's awesome. You know, and I got one. She's graduated from K-State and worked for Pawnee. Okay. And, and my son is a senior out at Fort Hayes. Okay. And, you know, my son. What's he studying at Fort Hayes? He's a sports medicine. Okay. Um, you know, he's uh, one of those kids that football was, he loved football so much mm. that he did his high school work because he wanted to play football. Sure. You know, but I say by any means necessary, you're going to walk across that stage and, and, and just for the reassurance that. When you have an opportunity, you have a degree or, or trade certification, because I'm not just stuck on college degrees. I, I think that blue collar work is amazing. And we have so many people um, with a skill that don't have to pay back those college loans and things like that and making a great wage. Um, Why is that not said more? Well, this this idea that if I change a light bulb or unclog a toilet, that that is somehow not respectable and... The way I see it, the the realities, folks, is you want to meet someone who has a lot of cash in their pocket? Right. Go talk to these guys right. that you want to come to your house and fix something. Right. Because they got more phone calls and more people yes. to deal with than yes. you could possibly ima- imagine. And anyways, I, I don't know. Nope. I mean, I, I, I just think young kids, you know, you always think higher education is probably the path mm-hmm. of success. But... You know, you get that HVAC certification right. when you're 18, and then you can right. own a company by the time you're 24. Right. You have no idea. I mean, it's hard work. It's hard work. It, it is hard work. But, you know, uh, I think college came with that package of the American dream. You mm-hmm. have to go to college. And, and it was one of those things where you just heard from the beginning, you got to go to college, you got to go to college. But, oh, did we overlook yeah. a skilled worker? 
yeah. did we overlook that? Because I'm telling you, um, if you want to you want to really make some money and you really want to have a life for yourself, don't overlook a plumber. Don't overlook a carpenter. Don't overlook, no. you know, a, a, a tech school because there is a lot, a lot of money to be made in that area if, if you want to go on in advance. Yeah. Um, and I res- I respect those guys. And we need and we need more and we need of, and we need more. more of it. Yes. We're we're out of we, we are constantly we have overloaded our, our blue collar workers, especially here in this area yes. where you can't get someone to return a phone call very often. Right. Right. Or you're gonna have to pay them a pretty good penny. And that's okay. So that, and that's okay. Yep. Especially if they do good work. Yes. I agree a hundred percent. So I I encourage people to to go down that path. Um that you have in your heart because when you do something that you love doing, it's never a job. Don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Do it because that's what's in your heart. Um, and you'll never have a job because you're doing what you love. So whether that be college or whether that be through a trade school, um, do it because that's what you love. What What are the dreams of a young man right now or a young woman? What What do they all want to be? Oh man, they're all they're all LeBron James. <laughs> Come on now. You know, they want to be the next Facebook tech, you know. Yeah. Everybody think they're gonna make a video and become a success overnight. Uh it's just gonna it's just that easy, right? You know, Kim Kardashian, you know right. these these pictures, these un These are the heroes, right? Yes, yes. I mean I'm saying LeBron's not a bad hero. I mean right. I I cheer right. on LBJ, but I, Absolutely. I, I but it, I don't know. I was just watching um an ESPN they did musical chairs with this basketball team, and they said, you know, you got a million athletes, mm-hmm. collegiate athletes, yes, fighting for thirty-five spots in the NBA. It is crazy. It's like that's why would you bet on that? Right. Like why would I get it? It's a passion, it's a love, but right, it's just not going to happen for everybody. Not for everybody. Did you think you were going somewhere? Did you play? Yeah, I played football at Kansas Wesleyan. I'll never forget my sophomore year, uh, walking across the campus and. Uh, had this conversation with myself like you are not going to the pros oh no was it after practice it was, did you finally meet the other guy that that said you weren't or? it was it was walking away from the library mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, instead of going to study i'm going into the dormitory and uh-huh. it hit me you're not going to the pro really yeah that's it was, interesting it, yeah it just it and i was like okay so if I'm not going to the pros, I need to have a backup plan. I need to make sure I get this degree, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and that's when my journey really started is, is, is focusing in and how I can get my education. Because there is a reality, especially when you play against other athletes and you realize that guy is bigger, he's faster, he's quicker, um, and I'm just not there. That's yeah. an honest conversation with yourself. And I think that is important. I think that people have to have honest conversations, not to have self-doubt, not to not to have because I I will hit anybody. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have that fear when I played football. But there's a reality of knowing that there is someone in that same area that is at a superior level. And even those guys sometimes don't make it to the pros. And so what I knew I had was the gift to make a difference. Mm. And so I hone in on my gifts. So many times people focus in on their weakness and forget about their gifts. But I challenge people to look at your your gifts and hone in on those gifts. Not that you don't better your weaknesses, but to challenge yourself 
and not to give up on your on the, on those gifts that you have because people need your gift. Mm. Who drew, who drew that out of you? Who was who was, was there a mentor in your life that was like Johnny? You come here real quick. Yes, let me tell you something. Yes, I, I've had several mentors in life. I, I call them fathers. When I lost my father, mm. my, one being my brothers and um, uh, principal. One time, I was getting into trouble being the class clown in high school. Go figure. Just right. Yeah, <laughs> being that <laughs> class clown in high school and think I didn't need anybody, um, and then. The principal pulled me in. He said, one thing I can say about you, like people like you, like there's something about you that people like being around you. But if you take that gift and you use it the wrong way, you won't go far. You know, you if you realize what you have and you start working with people, you will see your real gift come out. Hmm. And that's the gift to help others. And so. Along that way, hitting college, I ran into a Christian coach, a, 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 a man of God yep. that, that poured into me all the time. And he told me, he said, look, I know you from Florida and I know you've been through a lot of tough things, but everybody in life is not out to get you. Sometimes you meet people in life that just want to help you because it's the right thing to do, to give back and to help others. And that's what we here to do. I just want to help you. Did you have a hard time trusting people? I did. I absolutely did. I had a hard time, uh, you know, because I grew up in an environment where somebody going to want something from you. Yep. And so I didn't I didn't really trust people. Mm. But I realized that I've learned to trust because if you break my heart, I know a, a God that will mend it back together. And I got there. And I, when you get there and you know that he'll get you through whatever you go through, it's hard for let to that people will hurt you. It's hard to um, hold on to things. It's, I, I've learned how to forgive. I've learned how to keep living. Mm. I've learned that he, he will make a way out of no way. And so I, I give... What an unpopular point of view, yeah. Taylor. Are you just... A Christian mindset in this world? That's, yeah. just, that's just idiotic. Why would you, yeah. why would you go there for I've fixing problems in your life? Oh, Lord. I experienced those storms, brother. I, I have the scars and the bruises, and I know that only one have got me through it, and that's Jesus Christ. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm glad that you're you're spreading the gospel, man. True story. That's cool. True story. And that's uh, you know, I'm you know, my faith is I'm, I'm a devout man myself, and um, you know, where where God wants us right now, I sometimes wonder, um, if we're really putting our Christian efforts where they need to be, mm-hmm. um. You know, the American church, to me, I'm always kind of questioning it, mm-hmm. whether if a Sunday gathering is really the is really the most that Jesus wanted us to do or right. that a God wanted for his for his people. Right. And I see it more on Job Corps. I see yeah. it more in the day to day interactions with people. Um so yeah, I I I, I to me, I'm just thankful for, mm-hmm. for you to be doing that. I, I also wonder how you find the power to be patient with people that don't have, one, don't have the skill set to make themselves better. Right. How do you have the patience with these kids? How do you have the patience with people who are, are going to let you down five, six, seven times and you're still going to be there? How do right. you do that? Well, <laughs> because somebody did it for me. Sure. You know, I... Um, I had a my oldest daughter when I was in college. Okay. And I had to drop out of college for a year. 
And I had a coach that when I had no value to him, I had no value. Like I didn't play football anymore. I was living off campus. I was there with my mom, uh, my oldest daughter, mom, trying to be a father, trying to get through these times. And uh, he was showing up at my door, checking on me, making sure I was okay, making sure I, I, uh, I stayed focused. And he didn't, he didn't leave me. And when you have people that no matter how many times you fall down, they dare for you and they believe in you and, and you keep hearing that, uh, it means something. But the biggest lesson you can ever get out, out of those situations is when you can give back, mm. when you can do that with someone else. Mm. When, you, you know, when, when, when you can be patient with another person that way, when you can forgive them. You know, I need to hear more of this in my life because I'm, I'll tell you, I just, I'm too, I'm too easily, uh, oh, sensitive in the sense that like, I'm, I'm totally okay with cutting people out of my life quickly and that's not good. I I think, uh, especially it's not good when we're all broken and Mm -hmm. we all need to be patient with each other. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, I then, I then, I ache for redemption with people that I can't have because stupid decisions I've made or, oh. or just bitterness or whatever. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in awe of that too, of like how to, how to, how to stick with kids that, yes. that keep failing yes. or that don't take your, your direction the first time. Right. And, and I can tell you redemption is how I've lived. Like I, I want it to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. I, I make mistakes every day. Mm. I, I'm not a perfect man. Um, I strive to become a better man. Um, but understanding that we all are broken, just like you said, we are broken. But, man, there's something amazing about when you take broken branches and you put them together and you build a nest. Mm. And that's what we do at the Job Corps with the young people we serve. We take those broken branches and we build a nest and we put an army around young people and let them know we're not going to leave you. You're going to have to leave us. You're going to have to realize that this is not for you and you make the mistake or do the wrong thing that gets you kicked out of this program because there is rules. There's a zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you punch somebody or you have drugs on campus, mm-hmm. it's a zero tolerance. You leave. There's a lot of restrictions there in the job corps that people don't realize. But with within the, the grounds of this kid didn't want to go to class today in the grounds that he had a moment in an outburst and he cursed and went went off that you can build a team and pull that person back in and continue to work with them and, and help them understand how to manage their emotions. You know, you heard me say standards over emotion. We teaching a person standards over emotions is, is self-discipline, not to be driven by your emotions because sometimes when I'm in the heat of things, I can say the wrong thing, you know, but those wrong you things. You need a timeout. You need yes. to go sit in the timeout yes. chair. <laughs> time out so standards over emotions is is what i'm always pushing that's not only with students but that's with staff as well yeah having a standard of self-discipline not to lose yourself to know who you are have you have you had to learn how to compartmentalize the you know i'm I'm sure you're not batting a thousand Mm -hmm. and i'm sure there's that those kids that you love that broke the rules how do you get through the the tears and the the disappointment Mm -hmm. um to the point where you're not too rigid right and then your then your heart's a stone right and then you don't let anything impact you like how do right. you yeah like like what what does that look like for johnny do you just do you just go back to the well and just go back to you know your lord and just like try to re-energize there or 
you know, I, I always tell staff when we have to send a student home that um, love them even more because you don't know what they're going back to. Mm-hmm. Make sure that... Where are they going back to, Johnny? They're going back to property. They're going back to the streets. They're going back to trailers. Um, I remember one time going out to pick a kid up that wasn't didn't want to come back to the program, and it was outside of Wichita, and he lived on like a, a dead-end road and he was living in a trailer, and we went in, and he was sitting in the dark with no lights. There was so much trash. God. And you could see through the trailer. You could see the ground through his trailer. There was holes in the floor. And we took that kid out, and we took him to McDonald's, and we fed him. And we was like, but we're going to get you back to campus, you know, get you some clean clothes and, and take care of you. Poverty can be prison. Because that young man said, no, I'm not going back. Wow. I'm fine where I'm at. I like this. I'm okay. I've, I've always heard pain is, it's, it's familiar. Mm-hmm. You know how to deal with the pain, right? Yeah. Sometimes we see people in pain, we go, why would, I, why would you ever choose that? Right. But they know what their tomorrow looks like. Yes. They know what that pain is. Yes. It sucks. But the choice of changing. Right. Is the unknown. It's the unknown and the biggest fear. And I don't know what kind of pain that's going to cause me. So right. I'm just going to stay here in the trash, in yes. the trailer. Yes. And you have to pull those. It's tough. Back. It's, oh, it's really tough. It's yeah. heartbreaking. And I always think about that kid when I have to send another kid home. Because I, 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 know, I know what they're going back to. And I know they're comfortable with it, but I'm not. It hurts. And so you, you do everything you can up front. So when a kid do... Um, make that decision to do something crazy. You know in your heart that you did everything you could to make that student have a, to give that student the opportunity to make it. And they made that choice. And that choice is always on the table. I, I say God I think gave about, us free will. So it's always on the table. Yeah. That, but, the, you know, there's just not enough hours in the day to save everybody. No, it's not. That's tough. It's very that, tough. That's a tough reality. That's a hurting reality. <laughs> yeah, and that your kids need you to go home. Yes. Your family needs you to go home to yeah. see dad as well, mm-hmm. and that's tough sometimes yes. to make those decisions, I'm sure. Very true. Um, well, why don't we, why don't we get excited? Give me, tell me about something successful with this group. With oh, the, uh, man. What, 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 is, what are some people that come to your mind when you think of, I love my job? Oh, this, is why, this is why I go to work. The, the joy of that kid when all the staff think he's not going to make it. That one's going to, he's not going <laughs> to last a month. <laughs> and you're looking down. We always tell staff that graduation day was the true payday. To see that young person that you know shouldn't be sitting at that in that seat uh-huh. with a cap and gown on is sitting there, and and they made it across the stage. And the next thing you know, if you don't see a smile right now, everybody, oh it is it is from eight feet, <laughs> both walls well, right now. Johnny's smiling. I get goosebumps when I think about that kid. You know, he's walking across that stage and they're a different person. That young lady with a baby, like when our kids have, when we have graduation and we have single parent program as well for moms and and fathers. And when they walking across that stage, we put the child in a cap and gown too. They walk. Oh, that's so cool. They walk across the stage with the parent. That's amazing. Because I want them to be able to look back and share with their kid when their kid is struggling that I did it in a program with you on my hip. We went through the Job Corps program together, and, and we made it through. 
But not only that, I had a young man. He was struggling. And I'm not talking about uh, behavior wise. He was just slower. He had some some challenges, IEPs, things like that. Sure, sure, sure. This young man worked so hard, so hard. He wanted to get in the military. Oh, he, that was his dream, just yeah. to go to the military. And and Fort Raleigh, I love Fort Raleigh because we they, we have some amazing soldiers. Uh, they came out and they they work with our students and they help them with helped him with the ASFAB. And this young man came back in his Marine outfit, and he was dressed to the nines. We all start yelling in the hallway. <laughs> we was in tears because this young man had came back to did share it. with us that I did it. That's awesome. That I did it. And, and there's nothing greater than hearing and seeing those kind of stories of young people. And we have so many that are so successful. The, the success totally outweigh the ones that doesn't make it the yeah. success of those young people that you see and you say they got it they walk different they talk different the way they carry themselves is different you can see that light bulb it is it's it's man you, you <laughs> i get goosebumps when i talk well, about it and i guess i feel sorry that i'm not i'm not a part of that how yeah. how is is there a i think that's the gap right it's like what is how do manhattanites and job corps how are how can we how can we make sure those kids are coming to Manhattan and not back home? Yes. How do we do that? Well, I know it's not I know it's not an easy answer, but like <laughs> but seriously, like when I when I've met a, a few of these kids, like I mean, you know, my my heart grows just a just a little bit more just cuz you know, this is real. Yes. This is this is the real thing that yes. we need to be paying attention to. Absolutely. One of the things I always had a problem with in Job Corps is that when our students finished the program, a lot of them would go back home to get a job. But the challenge was they was going back into the environment. Right. They was going back where nothing was happening when they left. And now we give them an education and we put them back into that environment and we say, go make it. No, that was always a challenge. So I say when I become the director, <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can to change that process. Gotcha. Whether it's sending them to army, whether it's sending them to college, away from home. I always thought that Job Corps should have a rule that you can't go back to your original home for a year. That, that way you, a great idea. you have experienced life and, and know what it takes to make it. Obviously, they can go see their family. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. They can go to Thanksgiving but dinner. But not live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, it makes we, a lot of sense, right? Yes. Like you need to you need to change that 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 attitude that's been there for absolutely that created some really bad habits. Definitely. And so we have formed the partnership with um, Men of Christ, um, Spencer. Yep, you, Working Men of Christ. Working Men of Christ. Um, so our students that's transitioning out have an opportunity to stay here in Manhattan and get a job. We and, just need more houses. Yes, we need more houses. Yeah. Absolutely. We are working with K-State, Habitat for Humanity, Manhattan Tech. Um, uh, we It's another one. I'm missing somebody. That's okay. Forgive me. But we are working this partnership to to create affordable houses what we call workforce housing so it's affordable and if our students want to have an opportunity to stay in this area and work and, and start their new life they have that opportunity so we're doing things that will make a difference when they leave the program mm-hmm. that they can change their life and i and we have a lot of strong partnerships 
throughout Manhattan. But you're right, that stigma is still there. Those those are the challenging kids out there. So we're going to start doing things like virtual graduations that we can share with the community so they can get and see the backstory that's of, awesome of a student and what they go through uh, because i think that's important well and i know there's there's a lot of creativity going around so i yes. mean if you if you're listening to this now and you think that there is a something that needs to be thrown onto this fire to be thinking about how we can keep um these young adults here and keep them employed and uh, let them know that Manhattan is a welcoming place for, for these kids. I mean, I think that's that's one thing I've experienced with some of these kids is like they just they look at Manhattan, they go, this isn't home or, right. or, or they don't really want me here, here. Right. And, and that's tough because, you know, you know, w- predominantly white middle class. It's going to feel different it's than, than feel Gainesville, different. Florida, I'm right. sure, in right. so many ways. Absolutely. So um, I'm sure they need mentors. I'm sure they're going to just oh. need just adults to go it's okay for you to be here it's yes. okay for you to live in this house we'll 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 watch you we'll, yes. we'll help you out with that we need more of that yes yeah absolutely um so i did ask uh, a friend of mine uh that you probably know aaron yes. um i said what what questions should i be asking johnny and he gave me a whole bunch <laughs> um this is a good one is it really possible for someone to change themselves is it really possible for someone to change themselves? Is that a reality? Is that a real thing? Absolutely. I truly believe that. I, I believe Tell that, me, how is that possible? I, I believe that we have that, that core foundation of the way we grew up. But I think through life experiences that we can become conditioned through a mindset and and if we're willing to invest in changing our mindset. If we are conditioned uh, or willing to change the way we think, then we can change the way we do things. And so if you only give yourself an opportunity and open your heart up, then change will truly happen. Okay, so I'm going to dig a little bit deeper there. So how? what is the process of Cha- I mean, that just sounds bumper stickerish. Yeah. Like, I'm going to change your mind. Like, right. what? What is that process look like? He, here's the core. The core. I have mirrors all over the campus. Mirrors? Yes. Okay. It's, and, and I tell a young person, look in this mirror. You have to have a conversation with yourself. We, no one know us like we know us. We have lots of conversations with ourselves, but they're usually not a positive thing. Right. 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 And so. You heard me talk about that value. Mm -hmm. What is it about me that is good? Because that's where change starts. What is it about me that's good? I I, and I'll tell people this all the time. Stop judging yourself because there's enough people in life going to do that for you. Mm -hmm. So take ownership to who you are and then start making the steps to be different if there's their work to be done. Because there is work that needs to be done. But you have to have that reality conversation with yourself of what you are going to do different. Because everything that we do with these kids in the Job Corps, it's about change. It is truly about change. And I've seen change work. I've seen people make that transformation by understanding that I can be different. I can do this. But understanding what they've been through and then understanding where they're trying to go. I changed. I changed. We, we started this conversation. We talked about I didn't trust people. Mm-hmm. 
I changed. What what changed? What what was that for me? Is being around a man that showed me what that looked like. Being around a, a father figure, a role model, a mentor that taught me what that looked like. That that allowed me to see that I can be a student in life. And when you're a student in life, you're always learning. And learn learning is a process, but learning create change. Mm-hmm. And so when you put yourself around positive people that's doing positive things that you can see it and you can see it again and again one of the other things about my dress is i do it for young men and women to see what it looked like yeah day in and day out what it looked like Mm -hmm. to carry yourself well to 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 be on time to to pour into people i i I create and i tell my staff that students are watching you when you're not watching you so pay attention there is a also an, uh, a lot of self-help out there. Oh, absolutely. There's always a lot of people telling you this is how you're going to do it, um, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just thinking more of like maybe even as, a, you know, as an adult um, in my 40s, just turned 40, uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to look myself in the mirror and, and realize. Um, That's right. But... What it, I think at some point we want to stop thinking that I need to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so we lose sight of this. Uh, maybe it's, you know, I guess I don't want it to say, well, only the job core kids are really the kids that have to look themselves in the mirror. No. How, what, what, what is this? How, how can you then start the process with yourself? Oh. Because I think this is going to lead us into your next project that you, you're working on. Yes, absolutely. I, I, <laughs> Look, I look myself in the mirror constantly, mm. and I know that I made up my mind that it isn't about age. It's a mindset to want to change. It's the will and the dedication to say I can. Mm. It's to follow the practice. Like the athletes, uh, you golf? Do you golf? Sure, sure. Like not well, but yes, right? I love golfing. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you, you know, you can't become better if you don't go to the golf course sure you can have amazing conversations in or your get head, stronger unless you go to the gym unless right. you go to the gym yeah it's the same thing about if you if you really want to change you have to practice it right you have to you have to take the steps to become better right you have to keep working at it you could be a talented person but if you don't work at it that gift is only going to go so far yeah you know i that that's that's how i view it you mm. know so change is a process mm-hmm. and but it can be done. It takes work. It, it really takes work. So how are we going to get you, uh, how are we going to get Johnny Taylor to everybody? What's, what, what, are you, what are you working on? Oh, I started, you know, I started my own business called On Purpose. On Purpose. You know, and, okay. and, and it's, it's, it's really when you know your purpose, you, you know the mission. And my whole purpose is, is, is what we're talking about. How, how do people change? How do we, people make a difference? How do, how do you get to that next level? Um, what is it that's stopping you? Um, I get a chance to work with young entrepreneurs that is, is starting a business. What's, mm-hmm. what's getting in the way? What, what do we need to do different that, to make this work for you? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people run into roadblocks. I can't do this. This is too much. I don't have time. I don't have enough money. But you have a gift. And when you have a gift, you can make it work. And so we start figuring out what is it that you need to do to make this work? What is that change? 
But the true gift of what 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 I truly believe on purpose is about is pouring into people, pouring into people and, and showing them they value because we forget our value. You know, I, and I, 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 I don't want to push religion on anybody. I want to pretend I'm this this great Christian, but <laughs> I keep I keep going. That's back. an oxymoron. Right there. You know, I keep <laughs> going back to this. When you when you just know you want to do good, when you just want to care about people, and that's all I want to do. Yeah, I want to pour into people. I want to care about people. I want to help them become better. I want I want to help them become better, not bitter. I want to tell them because you fifty, your life isn't over. Right. I want to tell you that you don't have to sit back and think that you less than. You more than what you know you are. You more. There's so much more to you. But let's take these steps. Is this a website? Is this a brand? Where, where are we going to find you, Johnny? You, you can find me at ownpurpose.works. Okay. With an S. Uh, so that's that's at least the start. We can at least get absolutely. to know Johnny and the, the program there. And yes. That's awesome. Yes. I just want to pour back into people and, and, and help them. That's, <sighs> that's my gift. That's what God called me to do. And, and, when, and, and I know, and I'm, I'm blessed to know what I've been called to do. And that's just to give back and, and pour into people and make a difference. Well, I'm sure this isn't going to be the last time that we talk on this microphone because that was a quick hour, and uh, I'm sure you have a lot more to say. And I think we need to dive in deeper because, you know, uh, we do live in a bumper sticker culture, and um, bumper stickers are good. Sometimes there's a lot of truth in them, but, like, we really need to uh, take the time to slow down and think about these things that you're saying so that they can actually become effective in our life. So, Johnny... Thanks, man. Yes. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Derek, for having me. Yeah, bro. Now we're going to step off the air, and you're going to tell me a little bit about this real estate. That's right. We'll talk about real estate. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thank we'll uh, We'll have Johnny back next time. All right.